0: Om Sahana Bhavatu Sahana Ubhanatu Sahavir Yankaravavahai Om Shanth Shanth Shanthi Om Purna Madhav Purna purna mudachate Purna syapurna madha Yapurna mevavashashate Shantishantishanti Shruti Smriti Puranam Halayam Karunalayam Namami Bhagavat Shankaram Loka Shankaram Shankaram Shankaracharyam Kesavambadarayalam Sutra Bhashakrtavande Bhagavanta Upanapkunaha Ishvaro Gururatnadi Devi Bhagine Vyoma Vadyapta Dehaya Namaha Yastvindriyani Manasa Nyamyarabhaterjuna Karmaindriyai Karma Yogam Asaktasa Vishishyate Nyatam Kuru Karmatvam Karmajayokya Karmanaha, Karma Yokya Karmanaha, Shari Rayatrapichat, Shariat Rapichay, Naprasidya Karmanahan, Naprasidya Karmana. Since a person who gives expression to his likes and dislikes to his desires to his inner pressure in a creative manner not just giving vent to one's desires for likes and dislikes to satisfy the likes and dislikes because more we satisfy them stronger they become so we want the likes and dislikes to slowly get exhausted so we gain Antahakana Shuddhi purification of mind so that the happiness which is our own nature becomes manifest, progressively becomes manifest. To the extent to which we become free from likes and dislikes, to that extent we experience happiness. So there is an immediate result. <coughs> Therefore Lord Krishna says, Niyatam Kuru Karmatvam May you perform the action that is meant for you. Meaning, may you perform your action that in the spirit of duty. May you perform an action which is appropriate in a given situation. May you play your roles properly? In every situation, a person is required to play a given role. And play the role well. Just as in a play, a person plays a role according to script. And so also in your life, you play different roles that you are called upon to play. The husband or wife, mother or father, son or daughter a subordinate or superior, a master or a servant, a seller or a shopper, whatever the role is, a commuter, a pedestrian, whoever you are, every, can, every, every action can… there is always a way of performing, an appropriate way of doing everything. As we were say, reminding about what Abdul Kalam was saying, then when people walk in the streets in India, and there is way of that you are a pedestrian, you are a citizen. Yes, also is a role. You see something lying in the street. If you see something, you know, garbage, pick it up and throw it in the garbage bag. No, somebody else will do. No, that is not right. So you are a, there is a role as citizen also. Thus, every situation involves a certain kind of a role, and therefore an appropriate response what that appropriate response is, is what a person himself or herself has to decide. In the Vedic times as I said, a certain amount, kind of actions were be perform for which guidance was available. Now the life has become much more complex. Those days life was very simple, things that the people were required also were simple and pretty well sort of determined. It was village life and agricultural society, extended families, Life was simple. As Swamiji would say that uh, today you know within a second what is happening in you know uh, fifteen thousand miles away those days you would not know what is happening ten miles away because you know the input was very little. Ambitions were not there because there was no scope for ambition. That being the life was simple. And therefore the roles were more or less determined and therefore Vedas could tell you what to do. Right now if somebody will tell us what to do in every… You'll require I mean, huge Vedas, you know. What all would you require? Big manuals you'll require. That's why we need to be educated, that's all. And education is of two kinds. One is of course education of the sciences or the material things. Also education in terms of a sense of responsibility. It is a responsibility to perform the action appropriately. As a human being, if you are not a human being, then Lord says, I have already made decisions for you, how a cow would function herself, or a dog or a cat. They don't have to worry about it because they act according to their instinct and then they are automatically in keeping with the order. So what is meant by an appropriate action on our part is, that action is in keeping with the prevailing order, the order of dharma, the righteousness which always is taught to us in a form of different values. Like ahimsa, non-violence is a value, honesty is a value, fairness is a value, charity is a value, compassion of course is value. So these are the values that are taught to us. So if you cannot, if nothing else, this is what you can do. Sometimes it is difficult to decide what to do what's the right thing to do sometimes you don't know Swamiji should I pull this I'm, I'm, a, I'm a physician critical care should I pull the plug or not I mean there are situations which are not black and white very grey situations may be there and there may not be very clear guidelines it's possible because after all we are limited in knowledge that we don't know In those kind of situations of pulling the plug is right or not only God knows, you have to be omniscient. You should know all the karma of that person and what the destiny is and when actually destiny gets over, etc., etc. There is no way that we would know that. These debates will never go on, you know, because we are not omniscient. In situations like what would you do? All you can do is to make sure that your attitude is right. Whatever action you take, you take for the well-being in the best of your understanding or best of your knowledge. You do what you do for the well-being of the person to whom you are doing something. And therefore, in every situation, what is in your mind is the well-being of the person with whom you are interacting. You don't want to exploit somebody. You don't want to take advantage of somebody's shortcomings or weaknesses. You don't want to cheat somebody. That's called dharma. That the means will not be compromised for the sake of the end. Even if there is a desire and you want to achieve a certain end, which may be fair, but still, in the process of achieving that end, you will not sacrifice the means. So you'll have legitimate means. Your desires also should be legitimate and the means also should be legitimate. What is meant by legitimate desire is If you desire for money, well, I mean, you know, you should not desire for somebody else's money, for example. Desire for money is all right. And what is meant by legitimate means, you don't steal somebody's money to fulfill that desire, you do what is appropriate to do. (coughs) So thus, being a person who is committed to dharma of the values, in every situation, course, it is very difficult to follow these values. It is not easy, but you do to the best of your ability. Niyatam kuru karmatvam Therefore, you perform your roles well. And as you say in the morning, the spirit is that of duty, that I have a duty to perform in every situation. A given certain response is expected of me in every situation. And I try to display or give the response, to the best of my ability. Ultimately what counts is my intention and sincerity, not whether I am right or wrong. We cannot insist that we can be right in every situation. It is possible that we may make mistakes, meaning that our decisions may not be right because our knowledge is limited. What can be right, what is under our control is our intention. With what intention I am doing it, that's I can certainly control and that is quite in order. That is what is expected of me. (coughs) Nīyataṁ kuru-karmatam. is a commitment to live a life based on dharma or on the values in the sense of karta, we the duty. And what does this do? Ideally, when the Vedas enjoin duties to us, a duty is an action which does not bring about any result, any reward, by the way. A duty is supposed to be, that's called vihita karma, an enjoined action. You are supposed to do this. Veda says that, jaya brahmana tribir Jayate. a person is born, is born with various debts. Various runa or debts. So right to the birth are indebted to this world. Indebted to my parents for giving me birth, giving the gift of this body. The yesterday a little child was asking amazing questions, you know, children ask. How come, Swami, that the... Uh, uh, I seem to have the same kind of nature and features like my mother, my father, my parents, how come? <laughs> that shows that your parents have contributed to you. Of course, my answer was, if you sow a lemon seed, what will be the product? Lemon. If you sow a mango seed, what's the product? Mango. So, the the outcome depends upon what the cause of seed is. So, you are the outcome, your parents are the seed. So, what do we expect, you know? Something like that. <clears throat> but anyway, thus we possess, what we do? Because of the parents and they, because of their parents, and thus all the ancestors are something to contribute So it's one runam or one debt that we have. Therefore when we perform duty towards our parents, we are not obliging them. You understand? We are already obliged. We are returning the favor. It's not that we are doing a favor to them. When I I borrowed money from you, ten thousand dollars, if I return one thousand dollars every month, I'm not favoring you. I'm only returning the favor. Similarly also, I'm already indebted. And therefore it becomes my duty to serve my parents and take, you know, whatever scriptures prescribe in terms of my offering to the ancestors also, in terms of Shaddaya, etc., Tarapanam. if you believe in these things. But at least parents are there in front of you, there is no question of belief. Parents are there, older people are there, you know, in the family and so it becomes the duty of the younger ones to take care of them. When we are growing up, we are receivers. Child is receiver, and the parents are givers. When parents grow old, they become receiver, and child becomes giver. You know the roles are, are, are uh, reversed. At that time, the child says, "Oh, you know, look at this. Look at my father's family. You know, he keeps talking and talking and talking. You know, does he forgets everything? Doesn't take his medicine? This kind of complaints." Do you remember when you were growing up, you were always, all oh, that, pain, 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 you were doing, you know, they put up with this. You never took your medicines, they gave you the medicines. They did all this to you. So you, they keep me awake. I mean, you kept them awake also when you were growing up. Anyway, what I am saying is that the rules get reversed. And, what, is, what was a receiver one point, Becomes, has to become a giver. You have to grow to that point. Anyway, this is not a lecture for, but the point is, uh, what is called obligation, duty. It's called obligated duty. That's a nice translation. Vita, obligated duty. Duty is to return the obligation. We are also indebted to uh, the teachers, the sages. Rushi runam. Rishis, mean sages, have contributed to this storehouse of knowledge. And all the teachers and all the thinkers of all the world. And therefore we can talk like this, as though, you know, we are all, you know, so well-knowing, but everything is right there. All these, you know. So what all our sages have done? Not only Bhagavad Gita is there, there is a bhasha there, and the tika there, and this is there, and not only that, but teacher is there, who also explains all of this to us. And language is there, the grammar is there, grammarians are there, grammar teachers are Who is not there? It takes, so many things it takes. It takes grammar also, it takes tarka reason, logic also, it takes uh, Vedanta also, and many things. So, all of this is given to us. <coughs> Therefore, we are indebted to Rishis. And include all scientists and all thinkers, all teachers in the Rishis, Because everybody has contributed, every teacher contributes into the, uh, in some methodology, you know, uh, in of teaching. Everybody has some contribution. Even though gurus, so many disciples are, every disciple has some uniqueness. Everybody will have something. And we are the beneficiaries of that. So rushivranam, therefore, to to study the Vedas, recite them, teach them or today let us say that to pursue the knowledge, to study the scriptures. If not Vedanta, at least Ramayana, Bhagavatam, Mahabharata, whatever things are there, then Bhagavad Gita and then as you grow up, study of the scriptures, gaining that knowledge, passing on the knowledge to next generation and on also serving the cause where this knowledge transfer and is taking place, to serve that, you know, to promote this cause of passing on the knowledge. And, and the indicator to Ishvara is Lord, lot, as Swami says, Ishwara in the form of this jagat of the universe, in the form of different devatas. So what is this devata, Swamiji? All imagination is not imagination. My body, for example, in the there are so many devatas here, in my body. All of organs, of perception, and actions are looked upon as devatas eyes are looked upon the faculty of seeing is devata who is a deva devatanat devah the one the shining one is called devata one who shines illumines is devata so eyes illumine colors and forms are devatas the ears illumine the sound they are also devatas every organ of perception illumines the respective objects it is devata and so organs of action so we imagine the whole cosmos also as a person So Ishwara is called cosmic person and just as we have different limbs also and then the organs, Ishwara also has different organs. Heaven is said to be his head, the space is said to be his trunk, body, earth is said to be his feet, wind is said to be his breath, sun is said to be the eyes, moon is said to be the mind, the quarters are said to be the ears. Swamiji, this is all childish stuff. It's not. This is, you know, we do not we look upon the universe as a live organic whole. The universe is not an inert thing. Even the table, this may look like inert, but basically it's nothing but manifestation of consciousness, manifestation of Brahman. So we're talking with live thing. We're not talking about something inert. This order that we are talking about is not a mechanical order. It's a live intelligent order. So everything manifests intelligence as this morning we are told how everything manifests knowledge. Does there is an interaction constantly going on between the vyasti and the samasti, individual and the total. The correspondence. All of these we study in Tattva-Bodha in atman Atma viveka the correspondence. How these are my eyes and sun is eyes of the Lord so sun is a devata who presides over the function of seeing. Fire is a devata presiding over function of speech. Vishnu is a devata presiding over function of motion. And so on, you know. Devata of the right eye and left hand, whatever right brain, left brain, whatever. What I am saying is that the different functions we perform, all of them have corresponding functions at the cosmic level. There is a correspondence that we are constantly enjoying the blessing, the grace of that cosmic function, so that we can perform our functions. That's why we call them Devatas, East Devatas, presiding deities. Those presiding deities, by blessing of them, we are able to, uh, different faculties in our own body, perform different functions. In fact, it is said that all those Devatas reside in us. It is part of Devata. Surya resides in us, sun, in our eyes. A little fraction of sun. A fraction of moon resides in our mind. A fraction of fire resides in our you know, the organ of speech and whatever. Thus those devatas, in fact are doing their job all the time which is when the functioning of this body is possible. It is this recognition of uh, my place in the whole universe. How I am constantly recipient of the favor of what the universe does. And therefore it becomes my duty to return the favor. So this understanding creates a sense of gratitude. When somebody does a favor to you, then there is a sense of gratitude. When you are sitting, di- eating in the dining hall and then your neighbor discovers that you don't have, you didn't bring water, he also didn't bring, so he goes and gets two glasses of water, one for you, one for him. Thank you. It's a sense of gratitude. Because he has done a favor to you. Imagine the favors constantly being done up to us, constantly by the, by Ishvara in the form of this cosmos, or by the Devatas who are all nothing but representatives of Ishvara. That is called Devarunam. Thus, we are indebted to Ishvara or different Devatas. Ishvara or different Devatas. So, Priturunam, Rushirunam, Devarunam. So, Vedas say that, look, you are already born with this threefold debt and therefore it is your duty to return favor to them. Therefore, in performing duty, we do not get any reward because what is duty? Is already returning the favor for the favor that we already received. niyatam kuru perform your duty with this awareness as to how you are a very fortunate one you are a blessed person who is a recipient of the favor of the whole universe around you and this attitude what does it do? it enables me to tune up with the order with Ishwara as Puja Swamiji said Ishwara we are never apart from Ishwara never And greater awareness is there, greater you are in tune with Ishwara. The fifteenth chapter that we are chanting in the dining hall says that the food in front of me also is Ishwara. So Lord Krishna says, having become the moon, I provide the taste and the very nourishment in all the vegetables and plants. So the taste and nourishment, I become your food. I am the very digestive fire in your stomach. I am yourself. So one who is eating also is himself. So every action involves Ishvara. No action is possible unless Ishwara is involved. More aware we become, more sense of gratitude arises in us and that is called devotion. Then you, you feel really gratified. You want to return that favor. It's a concept of duty. Nietamkurkarmatam dharpay Arjuna, perform your duty and do it well. <coughs> and this enables us to tune up with Ishvara, and that's what brings about inner purification. So this becomes bhakti. When actions are performed this way, it is my offering to Ishwara, that's devotion. Next verse will tell us that. Karma <coughs> Jayo arjuna at any rate, performing an action is always better than being inactive. Referring to Arjuna, that Arjuna wanted to withdraw. And many people also, we don't have this confusion today, but in the olden days, there's the confusion that karma always binds you. And they avoid it. He says, no, karma jaya, he karma performs of karma brings about Antahagana shuddhi, purification of mind. If you don't perform your duty, then you are missing an opportunity of bringing about the inner purification. Thus, every situation gives me an opportunity to provide an appropriate response, which response when done properly becomes a means of inner purification or my self-growth. And thus directly contributes to my happiness and the sense of fulfilment. Karma jayao karmana. So perform the karma properly, then there is this antahakana shuddhi. You become free from the pressures of likes and dislikes. You come in contact with your own self and you you become happy with yourself. If you remember, we said on the very first day, in interaction, How I am the problem and I am the solution. I become the problem to myself when I do not perform my duties or actions in the spirit of Karma Yoga. And I become the solution when I perform the action in the spirit of Yoga. How do I become a solution? We say the problem is the one of sorrow or sadness or grief. And how do you solve that problem of grief? by eliminating those things that cause me grief what are those things? attachment rag- raga, or likes and dislikes the only thing that causes me sorrow or unhappiness or grief is my own likes and dislikes which bring about desires bring about expectations and when my expectations are not fulfilled I become unhappy and there were removal of Rāgadveshās will lower my expectation, lower these disappointments, lower the grief, and thus, I will discover a peace with my own self. I can become a solution. So I can live a life. So Lord Krishna is teaching us a way of living by which we become the solution to ourselves. Therefore, karma jāyokhya karma karmanaha, performing karma is a great opportunity to you to bring about inner purification, to become free from ragadveshās, to become free from grief and sorrow. And actually you become a better, you you become more effective a person also. A karma yogi, meaning a person who brings about antaka shuddhi or purity of mind, you become, you know, in fact a better uh, performer also. Because After all, your performance depends upon the the decisions that you make. Your decisions depend upon the clarity that you have. And clarity depends upon the purity of your mind. Your mind is pure. You are more objective. You are more clear. Your understanding is better. Your decisions are better. Your performance is better. So we teach these even for the management people. Look, this is the right way of managing you manage yourself properly you become more effective in of others also. <coughs> so Lord Krishna says at any rate performance of action is better than not performing. So by by dropping out of this duty Arjuna you are missing a great opportunity for your own growth. <coughs> Further Lord Krishna the second line Shari Rayatra Pichate Na if you don't do what you are required to do, then you earn a negative effect, you know. By doing what you are required to do, you help yourself, but by failing to do what you are required to do, you hurt yourself. Don't think that by not doing something, you are not incurring any sin. You are you right. Are, See when a, a situation calls for a sudden response, as the Swami often used to give an example. You are all ready dressed, very well dressed, and going for an evening meeting, a dinner meeting, or whatever, a very important business meeting. You are walking along the street, and you see an old man who is coming, you know, from the opposite direction. He slips and falls down, and he slept. He slipped because it was muddy. And now you are uh, walking by. So what would you do? If you help that person, surely your clothes will be soiled. In which case, uh, you may have to go back and change the clothes You know, late in the meeting and what will happen to a business uh, opportunity? That's one calculation. Other calculation is what? It is my duty. If I had fallen down, I would have expected this kind of help from somebody else. It's right for me to help. so suppose you walk away leaving that person then it is prarabdha it's, that's what how India people say that is his prarabdha people actually do go when they go to see some people suffering you know with uh, illness and they go to hospital and they say you know these are all prarabdha that person poor fellow is in pain on the top of that, is told this is your prarabdha your karma There's, one who says does not understand how cruel it is but anyway so sometimes people seem to get some kind of consolation by saying that it's their karma, I need not worry about it. I guess that's how Indians are not participating at all. It is somebody's karma that the garbage is lying here. It's not my karma. I don't know. Misinterpretation of this law of karma. So when you fail to perform your duty, meaning you are incurring sin, that is what the vimam se say, a karane if you fail to do what you need to do, that also is a uh, failure and therefore that earns you papa. Because you violated the order. It's a violation of order. If you have fallen down, you expected somebody to help you. You did not do that. So you violated the order. So Lord Krishna says that by thus not doing what you are required to do, you are violated. So this is called the uh, vyatireka Anvaya and Vyatareka. To perform the duty, there is should Shuddhi, knowledge and moksha. Fail to perform the duty, Naraka is waiting for you. Naraka means hell or suffering. <coughs> so do you believe in this heaven, hell? Other places like that. See, people want to dismiss this kind of thing by saying It's all imagination. It may be imagination. All that we know is that there is always karma and karma fala. You cannot escape that. Whether there is a place called Naraka or not, but then if you perform evil action, you can't escape the consequences, whether it's somewhere there or here or wherever it is. So therefore, not doing what you are required to do also is sin. Sri Rayatra Pichade, Napprasid, Akarmanaha, if you remain in if you drop out. Don't participate. Karma means what? Not participating. Not doing what you required to do. Shreer Yatra. It will not be possible for you even to sustain your body. Sharira means body. Yatra means sustenance of the body. Shreer Yatra sustain the body will not be possible. How is that Swami? Even if I don't do my duty, why should I not, uh, why should my body not continue to function? I mean this can be understood in more than one way. If you take it literally then it means that you will not be able to even live if you completely drop out, do not participate because you are dependent upon the help that you receive from the universe. If you do not reciprocate then that also, also has ceases to come. It's a give and take thing. So you may give your response, you receive the favor. You stop doing that, you stop receiving favor. Therefore, you cannot even continue to exist. That is one way of looking at it. Other is that even if you survive, suppose you don't die, your body continues, but you are not a human being anyway, mean that the purpose of which you are the human body is to achieve the goal of your life which you are not going to be able to do. In that sense, the sharirayata, the sustains of the body, will not be there. <coughs> but Lord, is it not true that karma binds? Just taking the standard, you know, understanding. As we said in the morning, this famous verse is karmana badhyate jantuhu. Vidhyayata vimuchyate. By karma, a jantu or a jiva is bound, and by knowledge, he is made free. So Arjuna therefore would think that Swami, well Lord Krishna, why should I not pursue knowledge? Because that alone can make me free. Performing karma will bind me. Lord Krishna says, no, that's not the right understanding. So the ninth verse says here, what binds and what does not bind is what Lord Krishna explains in this ninth verse. Yajñārthātkarmano karmano nyatra Lokoyam Loko Karma bandhana, Tadartham Karma Mukta sangas So Karma bind that is true also. But then it is true with a certain qualification. Yagnatat Anyatra Karmanaha. Yagnatat karmana anyatra. Karmana. lokoyam karma bandana. Yagnatat karmanaha. Fifth case karmana. Yagnatat Yajñā yagnya. So action perform in the spirit of Yajñā Karmanah, a karma perform in this period of Yajna. Anyatra, by an action other than that. It's a very interesting way of saying what Lord Krishna says that if you perform an action which is other than Yajna, then karma then this person becomes bound by karma. Karmana <coughs> badhyate So, person becomes bound by karma when a person performs an action which is other than yajna. You know what it means? It means that you become liberated if you perform action in the spirit of yajna. So, this verse says, a person becomes bound by an action which is other than yajna. Which means that you become liberated if you perform the action in the spirit of Yajna. So now, how does Shankaracharaji explain the word yagna? How does he explain it? We said earlier, how Lord Krishna provides a very broad meaning to the word yagna. Traditionally or conventionally, Yajna means a fire ritual, like the one you saw in the morning, you know, in the uh, Homa <coughs> building where fire is kindled in an altar, you invoke the devatas, you make the offering. Indra is swaha, Prajapata is swaha, Aditya is swaha. Whatever Indra is a devata, Prajapati is a devata, Aditya is a devata, you invoke that devata in the fire. and You apparently are throwing something in fire, to it, to an onlooker, looks like he is throwing things in the fire in fact you are making an offering to the devatas because now the devata has been invoked in that fire (coughs) so do you believe all this? does it really happen? so these are the matters of belief there is uh, matter of belief means this is what the scriptures say that if you recite this mantra in this manner then you are invoking the devata And when you make the offering, the fire is not just turned to ashes, that is an offering which goes to Devata. Two ways you can look at it. Either Devata is there in the fire, he is consuming that. Or fire is a messenger who delivers this food to Devata, offering to Devata. But this is our belief anyway. That's what the Vedas teach. And this was the way of worshipping in the Vedic time. So how did you worship Ishvara? You worship Ishvara through worshipping different devatas. What are the devatas? We just explained to you. Just as the devatas in my body so also, there are devatas at cosmic level. Indra, for example, is the presiding deity of strength, of the arms. So Indra can be said with the arms of Ishvara. Vishnu is the presiding deity of legs of the motion. Vishnu can be said with legs of Ishvara. Fire is the presiding deity of speech, so fire is the speech of Ishvara. Thus, by invoking those devata, you are invoking Ishvara actually, because as Swami said in the morning, when you touch my little finger, you are touching me only. So, whenever you touch anything, any part of my body, you are touching me. So, also, whenever you invoke any devata, you are invoking Ishvara. And so, Ishvara is invoked in the form of those devata's offerings are made. So, this was a way of worshipping Ishvara in the Vedic times. Those days we did not have the Murtis or the Vigrahas that came later on. In the Vedic times, there were no temples that I know of. And so, there were no Vigrahas, statues, Murtis. Statues, not a good word, nor idol, but some Murtis. those days worship was in this way (coughs) so Lord Krishna used the word so in this worship what is the most important part is that we are making an offering to devata and so this is the devatod by keeping the devata in the mind you offer the havish or the, the material into the fire So therefore in this yajna, the offering is the main part. Other things are there, but the offering is the main aspect or the main spirit of yajna. So Lord Krishna means to say that any action performed in the spirit of offering can be called yajna. So the word yajna need not be confined to the convention of fire sacrificial ritual. But any action in which the spirit of self-offering is there, that action becomes yajna. <coughs> Otherwise, if yajna alone is, is is liberating us and every other action binds us, you know, word yajna is meant as that conventional yajna. Every other action binds and what happens? Yajna you do in the morning or in the evening, the rest of the day you are doing some other action, they will all bind you. But no, yajna is this spirit of offering. So any action performed other than spirit of offering binds you. Normally, spirit of offering is translated as nishkama karma, selfless action. Meaning, action performed with an offering, action performed in the spirit of contribution, self offering. So thus, there is a self-centered action where I perform an action in the spirit of a consumer or I have the choice to perform the very same action in the spirit of a contributor. Therefore, Yajna can be understood as spirit of contributions, spirit of offering. So, Lord Krishna says that, niyatam kuru karmatvam, whenever you perform your duty, whenever you perform your roles, whatever actions you perform, it doesn't matter what that action is. Wherever you are placed, Therefore, there is no superior or inferior in action. A king performs a royal action and then a servant performs his action or her action. There is no superior or inferior in action. Each action is a noble action. King has his own prarabdha, he is placed in that situation. I am a servant, I am my prarabdha, It has placed me in this situation. I need not look down upon myself because I am performing a menial action and uh, he is performing some greater action. What makes the action great or lowly is the attitude with which the action is performed. Thus every action is noble action when performed with the attitude of offering. Who is offering? Offering of myself. Self-offering. And any action becomes a menial action when it is performed as a consumer. So a king also as long if he functions in the spirit of consuming he exploits his, his subjects collects all the taxes and fills his own coffers whatever you know as many people do many leaders also do political leaders do and people in importance do that they take advantage of the vulnerability or gullibility of the people. Poor fellows don't understand. These fellows are all manipulating them, collecting millions of dollars and these fellows realize after fifteen, twenty years that we are, you know, everything is gone. The whole thing has come down. So all our investment is gone. Our house is gone. This is gone and we never realized what was happening. Those fellows knew what they were doing. So even those supposedly they are in, in occupying very important positions, as far as spirituality is concerned they are only performing actions which are very low in in caliber in quality because the attitude which they are performed is a very low or very uh, uh, undesirable attitude thus even what we call a menial worker so therefore does not matter brahmana kshatriya vaisha shudra, whatever you are doing you can be sweeping the street also that action also can be performed in the spirit of yajna. Tadartham karma kauntaya. He kaundaya arjuna, perform the action in the spirit of yajna. Make every action your contribution, your offering. Swami, what can I offer in this vacuuming? What offering I can make? It's nothing. If I am doing the… You know, if I am a pujari… And I am performing that action that I make an offering, Omkar Simma Sarvendra Namaha, offer. Omkar Odhyana and Namaha, you can see the offering. When I am doing vacuuming, where is this? Where, you know, what is, what is the offering here? You may not be uttering these names. I mean, you can, even by doing vacuuming, you can utter those names if you wanted to. Omachyutayanamah, Anantayanamah, Keshwaya Keshvayanamah, whatever. But as long as the spirit is there, it is my pleasure to do this act of vacuuming this floor. It's my privilege to do that. I consider myself fortunate that I have been given the opportunity to do this task. Swamiji, that's what they gave me. They took up all other, other good things, they took up and <laughs> left this thing for me. Doesn't matter what you are doing. Do not judge yourself based on what you are doing. Judge yourself, if you want to, based on how you are doing. Our problem is competition comes when we judge ourselves based on what we are doing. We are doing something inferior, he is doing something superior. So, competition this varnashram this varna this caste system could not work moment this thing came in there. As long as it was a so-called non-competitive society meaning that people were happy to do what they were doing, there was no problem. Moment I tried to compare myself with somebody, look at he is in a position of power and what where am I? Moment you start comparing what you do, not what you contribute but what you do then all these jealousy competitions come jealousies come and all these power games come everything came in the caste system and it was completely ruined otherwise the system is beautiful when you come to guru Kalam, you know what does it matter whatever you know, whatever role they give you in the morning people go there happily for what for cutting vegetables peeling this and you know at home they may not they have probably even lifted a knife in their hand you know but here they do that Many years ago in, in Bombay, you know, we had a, a youth camp. 100, 125 youngsters were there, boys and girls, all college and you know. And uh, we assigned them different tasks of cleaning the ashram and cleaning this. And they were all doing it. They did not know how to hold a broom in their hand, but anyway, they were trying their best. We invited the parents to see that, say, look what they are doing. Here. So said, at home, this person does not do anything, Swamiji. Won't touch anything. Even we have to clean the, her or his room. Look here, yes. So here they felt somehow that complex went away that I can do this and I cannot do this. This is not my dignity. This is not my duty. That complex when it goes away everything becomes nice. What creates a problem for me is no, this is not for me. This is not in keeping my dignity. This is India. We measure our dignity based on what we do. And heard no, I can't do this t- this menial task I cannot do. It's not my job. So there, all these McDonald's, nobody will go there, you know. Here people go and work our children go to McDonald's places and work in summer and earn whatever they do. I don't think our children in India will go to McDonald's and do those kind of menial they don't won't do that. Considered to be below dignity. In karma yoga, every karma, every duty is equally noble. As long as you perform that in the spirit of your offering, consider yourself fortunate that any action you can perform. That's good. You can participate and that gives you an opportunity to offer myself. Offering whatever I have, what I have been given, some skills I am given, some knowledge I am given, some abilities I am given, an opportunity I am given, make the best use of it. But Swami, I am a physician, what can I do in this vacuum? What? You know, you are a human being anyway also, with hands and legs. So you can push the vacuum cleaner and do a good job. Physician may need little more time to do it well, perhaps because maybe they are not used to that, but then make sure that there is no speck of dust left here. Enjoy, look at this and be proud of what you are doing. By pride I don't mean in a negative way, I mean, be happy with what you do. You can enjoy anything actually, if you take interest in that. There is no task that you cannot enjoy, if you want to enjoy it. So you can enjoy cooking also, I remember doing that. In the evenings you come home it is nice. Take the vegetables, cut them, take fresh vegetables, do this. And you can use a physician's knowledge, engineering knowledge and you can see how this is boiling at what temperature and what time it's going to take and you know, you can... Whatever. Sometimes in spite of all your technical knowledge things don't work also. <laughs> that in the cooker you put this dal and st- rice and things like that to make khichdi, and then you... Uh, you are instructed to do it in a certain way you try to do that and I don't know whether heat is too much. What happened is... That before any whistle started coming, first whistle along with the steam, rice and dal also started going. I never seen that at home, you know. And I didn't how does it happen? That also can happen. But everybody has been given something. Everybody has some uniqueness. Contribute that. So that's called yagna. The whole life can become yajna. Every action can become an opportunity to make an offering of your physical strength, your emotional strength. You can offer your kindness, you can offer your love, you can offer your prayers. Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina, Sarve santu Ramaya, pray genuinely. That's your offering. If nothing else can be Some of you I am lying in the bed, what can I offer? Pray. Pray for others. So, if we have the spirit of offering, you will always think, you know, you will come up with some nice ideas. So, Lord Krishna says, that when you perform an action in the spirit other than offering, in the spirit of consuming, that becomes a binding action. However great that action is, supposedly, and however menial the action is, he in the spirit of offering, it becomes a freeing action. So I can help myself or hurt myself. If I function in the spirit of yajna, I am helping myself, becoming a solution to myself by getting rid of all these ragadveshas. Because I'm, I am committed to do what is right, not necessarily what I like and therefore what I like sometimes has to be subdued to do what is right. So for what is doing ra- what is right, I must subdue very often my likes and dislikes. Whole process is very conducive to subduing the likes and dislikes. The mind becomes free. That's why it becomes freeing action. Every action makes me become a means of freeing myself from the inner pressure of likes and dislikes. On the other hand, if I perform an action to take advantage, then I'm only store, adding to the, my store of likes and dislikes and thus inviting a bondage. If you understand what is meant by freedom and bondage freedom is freedom from the pressures of likes and dislikes bondage is pressure of likes and dislikes karma mukta sangas samachara he kaunteya karma so Adi Shankarajari says here explain the word yajna yajnu vai vishnu there is a statement in the vedas which says yajnu vai vishnu Meaning of the word yajna is Vishnu. Vishnu means all pervasive law means Ishvara. So, yajna thought for, for the purpose of yajna, meaning that for the purpose of offering to Ishvara. So, perform your actions as an offering to Ishvara. <coughs> Which Ishvara Swami? Very easy. In the fire altar I can make an offering, this altar I can make an offering. Where is Ishvara? Where, where do I put my action? What is the ishwara? And therefore, what is the ishwara? carpet also is ishwara and therefore when you're vacuuming, treat it as the ishwara. Respect, treat the carpet with respect. Don't kick it, don't leave it dirty. Respect it. Respect everything. Respect your shoes, don't throw them like here and respect the door, don't bang them. You can respect everything. This man comes to his swami mahatma, you know Maharaj he comes and sits down very obediently, says, Maharaj please give me the Upadesha, teach me about Ishvara. He says, first of all, your shoes you are thrown that way, put them properly. <laughs> when you came in, you bang the door, you seek pardon the door. Because Ishwara is everywhere. You want to learn about Ishvara and you are insulting Ishvara anyway in different forms. So how respect for Ishvara or devotion of Ishvara can manifest in everything that we do. Respect everything. All these sneakers, you know, they are all lower away, people are just piling them up through here and there. Put them systematically, put your shoes systematically. Respect water, don't waste it. Respect paper, don't waste it respect everything don't waste use it properly use consume minimum aparigraha do not keep more than what you need don't deprive others of what they can have because by consuming more or by by grandizing more we are depriving others who could be more needy than we are so all these values automatically come they are, they, are, they you know they become part of our life then you are a devotee of Ishwara. When you respect other people, you respect the Ishwara. When you respect the world, you are respecting Ishwara. While walking, just pluck some leaves, you know, don't do that. Respect that tree. Respect the plant. While walking, kick something here, kick something there, you know, don't, don't do that. Respect the earth also. Don't kick unnecessarily. If you are playing soccer, cetera, it's a different thing, but I say it, just Just by habit. Be respectful, be reverential to everything, because everything is Ishwara. Even that spirit of respect and reverence itself becomes a bhakti, and any karma that you perform with that bhakti becomes yoga, becomes an offering to Ishwara. Tadartham karma kaunte mukta sanga samachara mukta sanga remain free from attachment. Remain free from demanding a reward for what you do. Mukta Sangha. What is asakti or, or attachment? Demanding reward for what I do. Always calculating what is in it for me. When I do something, I first see what am I going to get out of that. So if there are two choices, which choice will I? Which one I will choose? That which gives me more <laughs> reward, whether it is right or not. So let not reward be your motivation. Let doing it well be your motivation. See, Lord Krishna is <clears nice throat> teaching management, motivation. What should motivate you? Not the incentive for the reward, but incentive for m- performing well, making your offering. Mukta Sangha, hai, remain free from attachment. Remain free from the sense of ownership. Remain free from the pride. I mean, arrogance that I did this. There's also attachment. How do you need, how did you do that? Oh, Swami, look at me. I'm a, yeah, Swami always likes to say, "I'm a self-made man." But who, somebody made you to begin with? You did not make yourself made man. <laughs> not only that, but then whatever you made, also you had help of so many people. Swami, I built the factory. Oh, you built it? Did you? No, no, no. That construction workers did. Okay. Did you create this steel? No, no, that I bought from here. You get Everything you got from somewhere and some other people did it. What did you do in that? Oh, I paid money. Where did you earn your money? By doing this business. I am very creative, innovative, Swamiji. Who gave you that innovation? Innovation is in your mind, okay. Who has given you that innovation? The creativity. Somebody has gifted you. Not everybody has that. Swami, so, mean, I use my brain. But who has given you brain? And also the incentive to use the brain. Everybody has brain but many people don't use it. At least you used it. That also motivation is given to you. So coming to single, everything is given. As Swamiji, everything is given. We cannot claim authorship of anything. And never, all that is, that can be there, is humility. Never arrogance has no place at all. humility and a sense of being blessed that I could do this, that I was chosen to do this. All right, that's good. You are an instrument in doing it. So that is called detachment. Do not look upon yourself as an author of things. Look upon yourself as an instrument. (laughs) Nimitta matram bhava sācina. Lord Krishna in the eleventh chapter. He he bhavasavya sācina. He Arjuna become nimitta become an instrument not become recognize that you are an instrument I am the one who does everything Lord Krishna says I do everything Ishwara does everything even through my hands and legs he alone does because I said different devatas are actually residing in this body and so they perform through me also so Ishwara alone does everything You become an instrument let him play his music properly don't interrupt his music so one child was asking yesterday how come every time you have to tune this violin you know why do you just tighten this interesting because if you don't tune then you know what comes out of that is not what you like different kind of a shruti different kind of pitch will come out different things will come out so you want that violin plays what you want it to play so let Ishwara tune you up and let him play through you you know how the instrument is tuned. You tighten it. This tabla, these fellows take a little hammer. Looks so cruel, is it not? This poor tabla is, you know, help, you know, is, is at his disposal, and he keeps on hitting it. This violin tightens like that. But that's what is required to tune up. So sometimes Ishwara tightens you. You get a few strokes of hammer. Don't worry. He's he's only he's only tuning you up. That's all. All this is possible only when there is devotion to Ishwara. When I am surrendered to Ishwara. And I am happy in doing that. Tadarsam karma kaunte mukta sangha samachara samyakachara. What do we do? We do it well. That every action we done well, every action have your signature. So person knows, who has cooked the food today? You'll know. If the food tastes like this, oh, who has cooked it? Or tastes like that, I know who has cooked it, you know. <laughs> when at home you're growing up, you know, our sister and these people go for cooking classes and learn different dishes and then and very proudly they cook and then, you know. So, so what do you, you know, who do you, do you think who has cooked it? Let me taste first and then decide. <laughs> The test will tell me who has done it. Thus, action tells who has done it. When you find, when you receive a letter, from the very address you know who must have sent this. When you open the letter, it takes million hours, you know, to read that letter. You can't make out what is written there. You know who has sent this. Whereas some letters are there written so nicely, you know. So letter tells you where it comes from. So, every action can be a piece of art. And so, you are an artist. Let your creativity or art manifest through everything that you do. An artist will signs this painting. You need not sign it, but then it tells. The experts know whose painting is it, even though it is not signed. Samachara. Samyakachara. Do well. What will you do? Do it well. Do it mindfully. Do it wholeheartedly. Do it with dedication. Do it with dedication. <clears throat> so this is the Upadesha of Karma Yoga. This, this is the most important verse in the, this, this particular chapter. So you basically got the whole chapter by the way. Swami, so, mean, you did not finish the chapter, don't worry about that. But then what is most important you have got, you know. We will continue in the next class. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanteshanteshanthe Shankaram Shankaracharyam Kesavam Bhadrayanam Sutra Vande bhagavanta punah punaha ishvaro gururatma devi murti bheda Vyoma vyomavad vyapta dehaya dakshina namaha om shanti 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 hari om shri gurubhyo namaha hari om